So I feel like what we do is we sit on our fear too long and we act too little. Now, sometimes there's absolutely nothing that you can do at the moment, that's fine. Just think it over. But if you, you have to act through your fear, you cannot think through your fear. Welcome to the Limitless Level Podcast. My name is Brendan Kearney, and each week I'll bring you insights, tips, and strategies on developing your mindset, fitness performance, and your well-being. It is my mission to empower others to step into their potential and own their lives. I believe that self-awareness is the key to self-mastery, and when you master yourself, you can master any area of your life. Well, good morning, everyone. It is Saturday morning here, March the 13th, and it's a beautiful sunny day so far. Hope you're enjoying yourself, wherever you are in the world, whatever time it is. Anyways, this is a special episode uh, because it is another interview. Yes, I love doing these. Now, um, I'm going to be interviewing a guy by the name of Cody McGriff. And Cody is a young entrepreneur who has really grown up through his journey. Uh, He's done many different uh, businesses. He's tried many different endeavors. Um, He understands what it is to do the grit work, try things out, And he really lives with this really go for it mentality and really all about facing your fears. And a lot of this topic is going to be around facing your fears um, when it comes to uh, entrepreneurship, but also your personal life and how those things really go hand in hand. And I found Cody actually on LinkedIn. Uh, where we connected. He seemed pretty interesting and learned more about him there. And he's, he's always got his uh, plate full, his, he's always, you know, diving into different things. And so if you ever follow him on social media, you might be kind of confused, but also intrigued because it's, it's almost like he's a jack of all trades And I think he's really just exploring himself through this, but he's also really helping other people um, with their mindset and and empowering them to um, face their fears, uh, whether it be in the area of business, relationships, well-being. And Cody comes from Bend, Oregon. He's currently doing a firewood business called Firewood Fury. That's one of his many other endeavors. And he's also doing, like I said, some coaching in the area of business and mindset. So, um, Cody, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you, Brendan. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Glad to have you on here. Finally, this is awesome. Anyways, so we're going to kick off this show uh, quickly with uh, a few um, fun questions to get the ball rolling with you here. Uh, first of all, what are you grateful for right now in your life? I'd have to say that, you know, having a stable mindset through the last year of COVID and lockdown, I've been very grateful for, uh, sometimes being unaware, uh, 
you know, why I have such solid morals when I do need them. You know, I'm a human as well. I do go through anxiety and stress and highs and lows, but uh, I've always had myself. Uh, I've always had a high self-confidence. I've always had an ability to, to repair myself, you know, with myself. I haven't always had to look out of, outward of myself to, to heal. So having that ability in the last year and really mastering that has brought me to the point where I want to help relay that information, you know, and the practices that I do. And then on top of that, you know, I would say that close friends and family were amazing to have during COVID, even though we couldn't, I couldn't see them, couldn't hug and shake hands. Having that local community, people on Facebook that actually lived in my town that I could talk to, even though they were down the street and I couldn't see them, knowing that they were there was huge. Having a support group of one, two, five, or 10 changed my life. People that were rooting me on because I was continuing to inspire them. You know, it wasn't about just chatting randomly and about nothing and and you're like binge watching Netflix, but with your friends on TV, it was really connecting, you know, really pulling back the layers of, of happiness and ugliness. And then now we're, now we're like our own new selves. It's like we shed off things we didn't need and then wasted time. So. Awesome. So what inspires you right now? Well, COVID really put a a gear in the wrench in the gears for me uh last january to march before lockdown of 2020 i was going to start my public speaking career and join toastmasters and go down that new road i've never been a public speaker in my life i I didn't do any drama or any speaking in high school or college and then the day that i went to the first uh, meeting for toastmasters they were closed so then now we are to hear where this covid in the pandemic has inspired me to not give up no matter when we're going to be reopened or when things are back to the new normal um, to continue a public speaking career i look at it like the higher power god or whatever out there told made this happen particularly to make me to see if i was inspired enough to continue to, to continue doing it so and then on top of my drive that's pushing me to complete my goals, there's many people out there that need support that were crushed from COVID, lost their job, lost their home, lost the relationships, lost family members. So I thought if this is pushing me so hard to continue, what isn't pushing other people to continue? What do other people need that I have that I can supply them? Because I, I don't seem to need a supply from the, the, the infinite source of intelligence is filling me overflowingly. So I thought if I can't help people out there, then I have to focus on myself. So it's kind of a battle between make me better with myself to make others better with my experience. So the fact that people can't afford coaching packages anymore, uh, businesses were going under, people were losing their jobs, people were losing their mentalities. That's when I really thought that I need to be a complete 100% free spiritual support system. That that really inspired me to keep posting, to keep growing faith, social media, to not listen to the rumors, to dump mainstream news and focus on the people. Because the people that were struggling, they're not, they're not desperate to listen to CNN and ABC news. You know, they don't even have TV. They lost Netflix, they lost all, all their stuff, you know? So they need, they need someone to listen and to let them know it's okay to be where they are and that they can progress. That's really inspiring to me. 
That's very deep. It sounds like the whole pandemic situation really woke you up in, in that sense. And um, I agree with the idea that, you know, you went to work on yourself and inspire yourself so you can go inspire other people. And yeah. it's, it's um, pretty evident that um, you are doing that. So um, just a few fun facts about yourself. Uh, can be a quirk, a superpower, just a, a couple off the top of your head. Uh, well, I'm actually trying to learn how to do the splits. <laughs> That's something I've always wanted to do. Jean-Claude Van Damme has always been a big movie hero of mine. And I never thought I could do the splits. You know, as a boy, you're told you can't. Um, I started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu six months ago. And I went for about a month and got my butt kicked. And then I got hurt. I hurt my groin. So I'm going to go back to that. I love I love the speed read. I love to read, this is really weird. I love to read books so fast, I don't remember what I read. And then I don't look back. I don't try to digest books. I read them as fast as I can, and then I, they come back later, and then I see what I remember. So people always, I read these thousand page books in a month, and people want, they think I don't remember anything. And I'm like, you're not supposed to. You only retain 10% of a book anyways. It'll come out when it's supposed to. Um, I love the dirt, third generation Oregonian. Every man in my family for 300 years has raised cows, grown hay, you know, wrangled, wrangled horses, wild horses, raised saddle broncs, you know, worked in log sawmills. So the fact that I had a firewood company fall in my lap in Central Oregon, where it was much needed, I'm not surprised. Um, I do, I do love exercise and fitness, even though I've been having some some injuries keep me from doing stuff like that. But other than that, I'm a pretty normal dude. I like I like a beer on the weekend. I like a campfire. I like hunting and fishing. Um, I love to read. And that's pretty much it. You know, I've dumped technology besides social media. I don't watch a lot of Amazon Prime or Netflix. I I try to go back to our heritage, you know, sit with a glass of wine and read a book to a sunset and uh, hang out with the ancestors. <laughs> That's really funny. I, I honestly, I learned something about you. Uh, I used to be wanting to do the splits for a long time and I got pretty close. Uh, it, that was like a while back and, and um, you know, it's, it's awesome. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing you can't achieve, uh, especially when it comes to your physicality, uh, regardless of how old you get. Um, yeah. No, I know you're not that old. I you're a few years behind me, but right, right. Um, it's definitely um, a good mentality. So we're gonna go into just kind of your um, your background and where you came from. You know, just growing up, what was it like for you? Um, you know, your person, you know, personal life, maybe some challenges you were dealing with growing up, getting into the work world, uh, how you got into, you know, doing certain maybe businesses and that whole experience and just kind of leading up to, you know, where you're at more recently now. Okay. Yeah. I remember, you know, <clears throat> my father is a, is a diehard veteran college graduate system, you know, advocate. He thought his father was my grandpa. My dad's dad was a entrepreneur. It still is. 88 years old, he owns seafood restaurants. Unfortunately, my father didn't see entrepreneurship as a glory moment 
it was always battling employees, you know, opening, closing the business. And so he went to college to get a good job where he could be at his son's events, have an at-home wife. And growing up in that environment, I, I saw at a young age that you had to go to work. So I got a job at 15 years old. Before I could even drive, my parents would drive me to work. And I did a little bit of work before that. And so, so at that job, my first job at 15 years old, I worked for an entrepreneur that brought me under his wing. He saw me as a son-like figure and he really showed me how to run a business. I worked there for like three to four years through high school. And that really tuned me to, to seeing the effort I put in as an employee gets the respect from an a, a, a owner that was an employee. So everyone has been an employee. Every owner has been an employee. So when you put in the effort towards an entrepreneur, they're going to see that respect as an employee mindset. And that really changed my psyche to where I wanted to be an owner. I thought I was going to end up taking over that company. I was going to work there for so long, and then they were going to let me be the manager and then become, buy, buy into it. Unfortunately, I didn't know business at the time. So I didn't know that there was no availability there. So at a very young age, I thought I want to be my boss. I want to be the guy that finds kids that to bring under his wing and show them a good trade, give them a good job, get them some money and then get them on with their life. I didn't want, I don't like the 30 year career thing. I don't want to have any person work for me for 30, 20, 10 years. Everyone has dreams. Everyone needs to pursue those dreams. I want to give them a vehicle to get that place. So 18 years old, I barely graduated high school. I took a gap year like most do. And that led me to college, manufacturing college, learning how to weld, mill, drill metal. I thought I was this big hot, hot shot inventor that was going to make all of his own inventions out of a block of steel. So I went to college, a uh, town 20 miles from my hometown for about two years, dropped out. I found out that the degree I was going for was going to get me a job around 12 to $14 an hour at the time. And I was already making $15 an hour. So I, as a 19 to 20 year old, I didn't see the point of finishing degree to get less pay than I was already making without one. Long term, obviously I would have made a little more money with my degree at, at a, a company that respected me enough to pay me more over time. But it led me to, by the time I was 26 was when I started my first business. And at that time from age 15 to 26 or 27, I had almost had two dozen jobs. I had worked for, for 18 different companies and about six of those multiple times because I was, and I, and I chased the dollar. I never really quit a job. I would never say F this and quit or screw this, I'm out. It was always chasing a dollar. You know, Larry at this company heard Cody was getting 15 bucks an hour. So now he's worth 16. And then Steve heard Cody's getting 16. Now he's worth 17. So I was getting pulled around by these other entrepreneurs from construction to manufacturing, to food, to, to installation and high-end homes. And then I, it all of a sudden stopped when I had 10, 12 years of experience doing construction, installation, customer service, sales, I thought I need to package this all into one thing. And that was entrepreneurship. It wasn't becoming a manager. It wasn't getting a degree. It was doing my own thing. And I had absolutely no idea what to do. There was no passion. There was no dream. There was no glorified business idea I had. I was an opportunist. And at the time I was working at a window company that would install new windows and new homes or re, re, uh, reinstall new windows and used homes. So what would happen is they would install about 30 to 60 windows per day. 
And they would bring obviously back the old ones to their warehouse where they would store them until it became such a big enough issue that they needed to recycle these windows. Well, we got so busy one summer, me working with them, that that got neglected to the point where it was dangerous. There was hundreds and hundreds of windows in this warehouse and they started to break and crush and slide out and they, were be and they, they neglected them. The owners neglected them because they didn't have time to take care of them. And then I, a, a light bulb went off on top of my head. I said, well, where do you need to take these? They had a company across town that recycled glass windows that took them for free. You could drop them off. Well, I saw that A and B needed a middleman. So I opened a window transfer business called Central Oregon Window Recycling. Well, little did I know at 26 years old, I didn't know about market research. I didn't know about market analytics. I didn't know about market capture, competition, you know, demographics, psychographics. And that business failed because after, after I succeeded the, the model with them for three to six months, it only grossed like $10,000 in sales, three to six months. So I thought, okay, this business needs 10, 20, 30 vendors for me to be doing this service for to make it a hundred to quarter million dollar business per year. That didn't exist in my town. <clears throat> there was only two windows installation companies. <clears throat> so about immediately the business went under because there wasn't enough demand for this company to, to have a supply. And I was, I was hiring people under the table. It was extremely dangerous driving with windows on a trailer at 60 miles an hour with the wind blowing around. So I let that window close. I, I told myself, look, I didn't know how to do market analysis. That's why it failed. You know, I needed to start the business in a more metropolitan area. So that led me back to working as an employee for another year or so. And all of a sudden I had this aha moment that I was, I had these skills to be a handyman. Now, no, no 25 to 35 year old man with a, with the right mind on his shoulders wants to be a handyman. I want to do everything that they tell me to do. And that's not easy to do. You got to know a lot of stuff about multiple trades. Well, the property management company I was work, I was living with or renting through the time, um, they needed a new handyman and they called me. I was actually struggling paying my rent at the time because they saw me jumping jobs. They said, Hey, if you go get your contractor's license and some insurance, we will send you X amount of work. Well, now knowing I had closed a business, I did some market research. I figured out how much work I would need. I figured out how to transition out of my job, which I was making 23, 24 bucks an hour at the time. I had a great comfortable life working for a corporate company out of Washington. Uh, plenty of overtime benefits, all that kind of stuff. And of course, people told me I was going to fail. It's expensive. You're you're not smart enough. You don't have fifty thousand dollars in the bank. Um, not one person for months, for two months, asked me a question. Are you confident? Have you studied? Do you know what you're doing? Do you have the right insurances? No one asked me the right questions. No one even asked me questions. So I thought, one, either they have absolutely no idea what they're talking about which is most of the time we're uneducated. Most times people say, you don't know what you're doing, or you don't have money. They don't know what they're talking about. They're totally uneducated. They just want to verb verbalize their opinion. That's fine. Or two, they're jealous. And, and I found out that most of it was the uneducated side. Most people really didn't know how much a contractor's license costs to get. Most people didn't know what, how much to charge and how to com compete with the market. So I took that as inspiration. And I said, okay, if, the, if no one's going to guide me, I got to guide myself. I have to go do it the hard way. So I, and I'm not afraid to jump off the high dive. I will go fail. I knowingly will go fail. You have to fail to succeed. 
You don't succeed to succeed to succeed. You don't get success to get success. You get hardship that leads you to success. And 90% of us have hardship that leads us to failure and we never get success. So I thought as bad as it sounds, McGriff maintenance, I don't care if you fail. I don't know how you're gonna fail. I know I don't wanna be a handyman for 30 years. I don't know if the market's gonna accept me if I'm too young, if I screw up and flood someone's house, get sued. I don't care. You have to remove the emotional attachment to failing a business that has your own name in it, which McGriff Maintenance failed. I ran out of passion at about $90,000 after my first year in sales. I closed it. I gave up on McGriff Maintenance. I quit. I closed the business and I said, no more. I'm not a handyman. I don't like this. It's not passion. So now I have two businesses I closed, one from lack of market analysis and one from lack of passion. So when people tell me you don't need passion, you don't need love, you don't need motivation and inspiration in a business idea, they're absolutely wrong. When you're crawling around in someone's bathroom floor they haven't cleaned in two months because you have to perform your job duty, that there's a repair that needs done, it's a lot different when you have to reanalyze your values and your standards and why am I, why am I crawling on someone's bathroom floor to fix something when I'm not even passionate about fixing the broken item, you know, and and I actually, that gentleman, that, that day when I woke up on the job, I talked to that guy. He was an SEO specialist. And I thought he was so cool because he had three monitors in his computer room, super nerdy tech guy. This is back in like 2016 when Facebook and SEO was getting really big and Google. And he was actually leaving that type of job to go work for medical marijuana grow. He was tired of working at the computer all day. He's tired of next lane. He's tired of eating out all the time. So I was really, I was really challenged on what to do with McGriff maintenance, closing a physical business I had to perform at and seeing people unhappy in a digital realm. I didn't know where to go. So I stopped. I dumped McGriff maintenance about 2018. As 2018, 2019, that's when I moved into, or no, it was 2017. I moved into the house I'm living in now which is built 1899. This is one of the oldest homes in Central Oregon still left standing. They're scraping them all off like crazy because as you might know, Bend, Oregon is the new Silicon Valley of, of Oregon. We're like the, the LA of, of Oregon, you know, turning into this high-end city. And even though there's not a lot of people here. So I, I dated a girl that worked for the Forest Service several years ago that showed me how to use a chainsaw, which we ended up buying one and I kept it. So I'm sitting in this house I just moved into in March. So winter's over and I'm looking at the fireplace and I'm looking at my chainsaw and I'm looking at my diesel truck that I bought to start my window towing business. And I kind of had another light bulb pop off and I thought, okay, I'm going to need firewood. A fireplace is very inefficient than a stove. So I thought I have the truck, I have the saw, Let's put some wood sides on it and go get myself some wood. Well, that turned into a business. That, that literally right there turned into a business. I, I went out and I found there was so much wood in the woods, obviously in Oregon, that needed to be reclaimed and brought back to town and sold that I ended up attracting. I, I caused kind of a, a, I rustled the feathers in the industry. Um, I didn't, there wasn't, the funny thing about the firewood industry, there's, no, there's nothing to study. You can't find your competition very well because half of them aren't on Google, half of them aren't on Facebook. You can't actually find the companies. 
they don't want to be found because half of them are paying their taxes or paying Uncle Sam because it's a cash game out in the woods. Uh, there's no metrics universally, like a global firewood industry numbers. The numbers are so astray. It's just ridiculous. So I thought that inspired me. How, how can I not fail firewood? I've grown up in this town for 20 years. I have an amazing community that knows me by name. I know I, I can see every chimney in this town when I drive around. So I started to just kind of open my awareness to the fact, can I start an actual profitable firewood business without $20,000, $30,000, without huge equipment and tractors, without becoming a logger? There's plenty of people logging the woods already and they could bring me wood. So besides going and getting the wood, I started to have it brought to me. I thought it, it became unaffordable to go drive an hour to the woods, risk getting hurt out in the woods or popping a tire or your truck breaking down. So I started to buy log loads. I found a logger to bring me log loads of different diverse species of firewood. And ever since then, I was kind of laughing, thinking I'm cutting up wood on my own front porch because the house I live in has three acres. So I'm, I, I was very lucky to be given the, the environment and the opportunity and to be the right individual to take advantage of that, which a lot of people feel, I feel like they kind of feel gross when they get that, to, they know they can take advantage of something, but they don't want to be that person. Well, I don't want people to judge me because I took advantage of the market. Well, I mean, isn't the whole point to either make money, make happiness or make those two for other people? I mean, what else are we doing? We're not just sitting around watching. We're not here to watch opportunity pass us by. And yes, people have told me that I've taken advantage of an op of a market. And I'm like, yeah, I took advantage of a market. You should too. You know, I'm not a millionaire by any means. And I definitely will never probably be, be a millionaire with firewood, but and like we've all heard, the average millionaire has this many businesses, the average millionaire, blah, 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 blah. It's not, it's not about the fact that, yes, you don't need seven businesses to be a millionaire at all. Many millionaires have one, two or three window cleaning business, landscape business, coaching, whatever it is. Um, I just wanted to, I'm on that serial entrepreneur game now where I almost make it hard for a reason. If you make something harder than it has to be, then you'll get better quicker than you would have before. You know, it's like when you go to school, you sit in the front, you raise your hand every question. Anyone can do that, but a lot of people want to go sit in the back and just kind of cruise by. So, you know, and now in, in fire theory you could fail. I'm on year two. I grossed over $100,000 in sales in two years. And I, I do and don't care that a business could fail because I already know what to do next. I know I could start another fire business with a different name in a different model. I, I already have started 11 other companies based off of the emotions that I've gone through with the three businesses I've done so far. I know now how to start the branding, how to start the model, how to start the standards and values of business that can then be reverse engineered. Because you know, a lot of people think you gotta get the logo made by a professional, you gotta have 50,000 hours in the bank, you got to have all these big websites and, bang, and money to bang off on Facebook ads when, when you can bootstrap a business for almost absolutely zero money. And, and if you show that the proof of concept works, money will then come flooding in. You know, I spent 90 days when I first started Firewood Fury. I loaded my truck up with firewood. I didn't even have a name on the side of my truck. And I sat on the side of the road where it was the most busiest. There's two places in Bend, Oregon that are insanely busy during traffic where we're 5,000 cars might pass by you. And I just sat there and I waited. I wanted to see if people were 
going to notice it, that I was sitting there every day for a reason that the wood was for sale. Before I slap a for sale sign on it, I want to see if it was obvious because it's a firewood burning town. And it took me 90 days before I made a sale. People thought I was, they literally couldn't believe it. You can slap someone in the face with a brick of firewood and they will think you're trying to screw them. I don't know if it was because of COVID or if it's because obviously firewood, a lot, over 60% of people that buy firewood have been wronged. They've been cheated, lied, uh, shorted. They were told it was dry and it was green. They were told it was a half cord when it was a quarter cord. Um, they delivered in the dark to cheat them. So I was I was repairing and rebuilding a, a very, um, you know, screwed over industry that I didn't know. So they, they, when they see another guy sitting on the side of the road with firewood, they think, oh, who's this? guy that's going to screw me over or going to lie to me or cheat me. They just saw that with every firewood supplier. And I had absolutely no idea. So then after I finally sold my product on the 90th day or, or so, I spread like wildfire. People saw that it was a good product, a reputable person. I've been here for 20 years. I had the website. I had the reviews to back it. And then things just started growing organically. And then so that concept, I realized that that really humbled me to be patient. You know, to not to not worry because you don't know what's going to do good in the market every single day. If if half of your community wakes up today pissed off, then you and you wondering why your your effort isn't doing what it's supposed to do. It's because it's organic. Every day our effort has to change and adapt. You can't send out the same Facebook post every day at seven a.m. It gets old. You can't wave and smile at your neighbor every single day. It gets old. So having that patience and having the ability to go out there, I was nervous. I mean, I didn't know if I was going to get laughed at or ridiculed or or ran out of town or or hurt for any reason you know like i had people ask me for rides to other cities because i was a fire guy and and very interesting things happened in that moment where from concept looking back to me sitting on the couch wanting to start this business to now getting workers comp and adding employees it's it's that point where you think you think you thought you knew what you knew and you had absolutely no idea. And that can happen with any business, any, you know, there's no, there's no stamp or, or norm for any trajectory. You know, when you look at big names like Gary Vee or Grant Cardone or, or Ty Lopez or any of these guys that are somewhat legit and have a big business that make hundreds of millions of dollars and have this net worth off of real estate media, you know, courses and coaching. We don't really know if they're legit and where the money came from, but we know that they were patient. Like you can see it took them a long time, five, six, seven years. And then what do you know? Coincidentally, now they're successful. It didn't take seven weeks, seven months. It generally takes a long time. And then I guarantee you, like people tell me now, if I look back and you told me I'd be where I am now, I would not have believed you. There's no way I would have thought that I would have failed two businesses before 30, be succeeding with my third and have started almost 17 more. And the fact that when I heard that the average average millionaire has seven income sources, I broke down the numbers. So I thought, okay, before taxes, how much does each business have to make each year, each month? And do I want to do that? And can I? And it comes down to you don't know. You have to start it to know. You can't sit there and do all the numbers for too long. I've, been, I've spent years doing statistics and metrics and analytics 
on many different business models and different industries. And, and I don't own any of those businesses. I should have just started. Now, yeah, you can't start an excavation company with a shovel. I would not advocate that. You can't start a, a delivery company without a delivery truck. So there's, there's some bare necessities that you need to start a business, but you can start the concept. A lot of times people run into a brick wall where they can't even talk to someone about their idea. You're going to run a million dollar business when you can't even tell your best friend that you want to be an entrepreneur. That's your first roadblock. If you can't talk to yourself about it, if you can't talk it out loud, if you can't talk to your best friends, if you can't smile at the people that make fun of you while you tell them your ideas over and over and over and over until they're out of your life, it's not going to happen. You're going to go back. You're going to go back to a job. You're going to go back to college. You're going to go back to the, your, your room, drawing board and say, well, people made fun of me. People laughed at me. They don't take me seriously. Those people aren't your family. They're not in your group. Kick them out. Goodbye. Move on. Go to the next group. Go to the next coffee shop. Go to the next Facebook group. You know, you got to keep, you got to keep pivoting. And so, I, you know, and there were some times where I wanted to give up when I, you know, I would sit on the road for 10 hours a day. I would pack my lunch and get a coffee and I would sit there with my hotspot and I would, I would build my websites. I would build my Facebook group. I would advertise. I would do Facebook ads. I would call every single logger in town. I was going 100%. And now I can do more sales by going out and talking to people in the chamber of commerce in my local town than a Facebook ad can do because I've realized that in my small community where I sell firewood, I can only sell so far, you know, and that, and, and, and being pulled both directions, being a digital coach and selling a physical product in my town has been so rewarding because now I'm so grateful. I had no idea the power of the internet for that, that I can just talk to someone in India whenever I want that that wants to better their life it was there before but the awareness wasn't so heightened you know because i i would love to sell firewood all over the world but i can't take it very far but i can take my experience wherever i want so that's very that's a very rewarding step in my life that it yeah that was you really just summed it up very very well and um yeah a lot of uh light bulbs came off uh, when I was listening to you. And um, when you mentioned um, entrepreneurship, when it comes to taking advantage of the market, you know, it's kind of funny because when people feel they don't want to take advantage of something or someone or a market or whatever, I believe a it's, they don't realize you can create a bigger pie. That's what entrepreneurs do. They create more opportunity. They don't take everything um, out of scarcity and hoard it. They look for ways to multiply it, right? Yeah. And so it's in the other. It's in the person's ignorance to not see that that there there is opportunity. There's a bigger pie. Like it's there's not. Sure, to a certain extent, there's limited supply, but just in the, you know, in the bigger scheme of things, there's yeah. always more, there's plenty to go around. But for those who can recognize an opportunity like you can, um, then why not go for that? And you should not apologize for that because 
it's those people, they're, they're the early adopters. They see an opportunity, right? It's like when you go into a forest and you see trees, you're like, ah, oh, firewood fury, right? Right. Well, you're not taking, it's not like you're taking advantage of all the forestry. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, it's, yeah. you have an idea and because you had that idea, well, you gave people jobs. I mean, so you didn't take from anybody, you, you know, you didn't, you didn't even take from the forest, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm sure some people feel that way, you know, right. maybe some extreme naturalists and stuff like that, but that's the mindset of an entrepreneur is, is re- you, A, you have to recognize opportunity and you, you can't be afraid to fail. But when you learn about failure and you go through failure several times, what, you know, you learn the lesson from it. And also you start to see, Hey, you know what? Failure is not actually failure in the traditional sense of the word failure. It doesn't mean I actually failed. I just begun on my success journey, right? It's a stepping stone to your success. And mm-hmm. if you want to succeed, you can't be afraid to fail. And, you know, I, I've heard it said, you've heard it said that, um, you know, you can't, you know, you can't succeed without failing. And in fact, you know, the more times you fail, the more you succeed, provide you learn from the lesson and you, right. you persist and it's developing that resilience, which, you know, you obviously, you obviously have, you're, you're not afraid to try new things, you know, get ridiculed and stuff like that. Cause yes, people have their own opinions and a lot of us are just not educated and we just want to voice our opinions. And i oftentimes we just want to feel a sense of importance or being right. So we just, you know, voice an opinion that is not very accurate, but um, you didn't let, you know, you didn't let that stop you, which, you know, is, it's very amazing. And um, what's very interesting is someone like you is um, you're not, I, I don't know the, demographics millennials but um i don't know if you fall in that age bracket you, you, you know you're young you're young you're early 30s right yep 31 yeah so you know you're you're at that age where you know even even people at your age like you know they can be deemed as maybe lazy you know what i mean like there's a big stigma i believe um yes. about millennials and People always harping on millennials, saying they're useless, they're lazy, they do nothing productive for society, yet they're the ones that are paving the way for the way, you know, things are are moving, things are evolving, the way the economy is shifting. They have the tools, the the digital know-how and stuff like that. So they have these gifts that older people don't have, and they just want to leverage that. It's in a different form for the most part. But what I like about you is, and and I have a very blue collar background myself too, so we can relate. You're very blue collar. Like you grew up with hands-on physical labor, but you're combining it now with social media and, and you're getting your voice out there. You're, you're coaching people. So it's not like you're just coaching out of the fact of, you know, trying to just you know, be this digital guru that's trying to sell stuff on online. Yeah. You're, 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 the, you're like a real deal behind the scenes. Like you, like I see the stuff you post on social media, you know, driving your truck 
chopping wood and all this stuff, you're, you do, you do a lot of grit work, which I find is very, very appealing. So it's like, you're bringing the best of both worlds. You're getting into nature, you're getting into the real world, but you're also leveraged. You're, you're starting to grow on your online appearance. And we need, we, we need that because this is the digital age, right? It's not going away. So right. why, why, why try to shun away from it? Why not use it to your advantage? And it just seems like you're, you're learning to do that. Yeah. Like you said, the, I, the millennial or millennials are told that they're lazy. Now I'm at the very end of the spectrum. I'm one of the older millennials. I think it gets to like age 33 maybe. But what's funny about that is you made me think of who, who gave us the internet? Baby boomers. That's why we're lazy. You guys gave us the material to make us lazier. But the thing is, though, is that they see it as lazier because we're not up moving. We don't have to go on the boats and go fishing. We don't have to go log in the woods. We don't have to go down the street to work. I can make more money in an hour on my computer for my business than most people make in a week at their day job. That's what they gave us. Isn't that what the whole point was? Why would they give us the Internet and then call us lazy? They have absolutely no idea what they're actually saying. Then they go, oh, well, I, they personally would say, I didn't really give you the internet. I wanted you to be a plumber. Well, society and technology and mankind as a whole is moving up. We're getting the internet. Hate it or like it. Call us. If you're calling us lazy because we're on our computers all day, then you're absolutely oblivious to what's really going on. And if you think that the kids that are playing Xbox and computer games and stuff need to get out and go play with mud pies, maybe some of them do. Maybe some of them need to be smack in the head with a brick and go outside and take their tablet away for a week, which actually taking teenagers and young adolescents smartphones away is causing a new form of ADHD, which is terrible, but it's real. And like you said earlier, it's not to not take advantage of the market is ignorance. It's almost so it's almost so ignorant. It becomes uneducatedness when you're uneducated. That's why I came to the market for free. That's why I said, here I am here. I'm free. Try me. You cannot break me. I've been there. I've failed. I've lost the money. I've lost the friends. I've lost the family members. I've seen the, 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 the bad side, the good side. I've dumped college three times. I've, I've dumped, I've dumped girlfriends for businesses. I literally opened the phone and said, we're done. I can't do this. My business is more important. Goodbye. Like a 1967 Mustang, you know, and, and, and that's why I came free. No thousand dollar coaching courses, no $1,500 this, no, no funnels. Cause I wanted to see if people would, would use me, you know, ask me questions, break me down. And, and at the end of the day, it, it came to that, like you said, that hybridization of people on Facebook and social media don't really care to see that you're a blue collar worker. They want to see that you have the Lambo and the testimonials and the 16 websites and the, the cool, I don't, you know, I don't know still, I don't know still what people want to see on a digital media basis. That's why I do dumb posts and questions and, and time or money or ice cream or sex or like, like weird crap, because I psychologically am trying to figure out what is funny, what is sad, what gets commented on. And then you have the algorithm fighting against you. If you don't get a like in the first hour, your stuff's never seen. So I think a lot of it's just being uneducated. When someone thinks I'm arrogant or ignorant to not take advantage of the market because I'm hurting people, they're uneducated. So I want to come and show them, okay, that's fine. It's okay. You feel that way. There's nothing wrong with how you feel. You've been taught to feel that way through time. 
Now let's make your model work. So if you think opening up your sub shop is so aggressive and so you're, you're going to be looked down upon from the community because you're taking advantage of people with $5 to sell them sub sandwiches, then let's make it so that doesn't feel that way to you. You can still start your dream. You just have to pivot your emotions. You have to detach that emotion to feeling so connected to the community that they're going to look, they're going to look down on you for, for taking advantage. Cause yes, no matter how successful or how unsuccessful you are, you're going to have haters. You could be, you could give all your money away to profit all your profits like Ben and Jerry's and people still hate ice cream, you know, plant-based dietitians hate ice cream. Environmentalists hate ice cream. Like there's always going to be someone that hates what you do no matter what. So just go do it, figure out who hates it and try to minimize that. If you focus on what lowering the amount of negativity you get, the positivity will automatically grow. <clears throat> Everyone wants to focus on revenue and positivity and look at me and look at me and look what I started when they're, when that becomes, you know, narrow mindedness and ego, and then you're going to build a lot more haters doing that. And yes, out of that pool of haters, I've noticed that it comes down to jealousy or uneducatedness, where if someone's jealous about what you're doing because their business failed and you're doing the same business, most of the times you can convert that person into a friend or an associate or a mentor. They can train you and say, hey, this is how I failed. Or, hey, you're not failing. How'd you do that? I couldn't do that three years ago. I failed. Well, they might have been the wrong person, had the wrong color truck, had the wrong clothes. You know, you don't know. And so you got to help each other. Almost almost every hater I've had, except one, I've been able to at least befriend or they've, they've ran out of energy. They've, they run out of steam. So, and it comes down to where I used to think the same thing when I could push and push and push and just drive my friends crazy to start a business. And then I thought entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. Some people want to become managers. Some people want to go to college. College isn't broken. Way too many people think college is broken. It's definitely, you know, my physical therapist went to college and he fixed my psoas muscle. He's not broken. You know, he fixes people's lives. He brought me back to a better life and he went to college to do so. My The reason I am who I am is because of college, because my father went to the Navy, went to U of O, got a college degree. You know, I don't believe in college. And I don't need it to do what I want to do in my life. You know, I got, I used it for what I used it for and so forth. Here we go. There still might be a point where I go back to college for, for reason for things I can't get in the real world. Entrepreneurship doesn't get you a PhD in physics, you know, no matter who you study for or what you do. So sometimes you have to, you have to fulfill what you're lacking. And, and a lot of times that you have to ask questions when someone says, Oh, you're taking advantage of the market when you do that. Ask them how, how am I doing that? Most times you won't get an answer. Most people don't know why they believe what they say. So I can totally agree with that. And uh, so just want to ask from your experience, what would you say to people? Because I know this is a very uh, DIY kind of society. I think we're, we're getting kind of into like everyone wants to do things th for, you know, themselves, I think to save money, you know, maybe they're interested in learning the, how to do something through trying it. But I think a lot of it comes down to, they just want to save money. And so they're willing to try to learn to do everything themselves. You know what I mean? In the business. Yeah. 
And yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Where are all the hots in the business? Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, so how would you, what would you say to someone who is maybe stuck in that mentality, maybe kind of shifting them to looking at why not try to delegate certain things so you can, you know, increase that production. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a huge, that was a huge uh, moment in my last, in this Firewood Fury business of mine where I was, I had a great balance of time to, I would get up at 6 a.m. And, and work out, read, eat breakfast, go get my coffee, hang out in the cafe till about 8, 30, 9 o'clock a.m., get back to the wood yard, run my fire business, be done at 5 or 6 p.m., and do it all over again. Well, that didn't, that wasn't sustainable. Whatever you get to get to sustain itself will always end up changing. So like, no matter how great your system you make is, it's gonna get screwed up and you're gonna get a bottleneck where you're gonna not have time or I, I don't have time to build this website. I just need a graphic designer. And in the back of our head, we're always saying, if I just had, if I just had an extra person like me, if I just had an extra thousand bucks, if I just had an extra dog to, to bug my dog so I don't feel the ball for it, if I just had a girlfriend that had, was rich, if I just, you know, it does not stop in our head. You do not need those things. You have to actually make that a system and say, if I just focused on the graphic design part and I had a coder, I'd be unstoppable. Do it right then. If you don't act on it, it's not gonna happen, obviously. Now two, if you act on it and it's like the next day you hate it, you weren't passionate about it, then dump it. You can't be afraid to dump it. It's like, you know, dominoes don't take a week to fall and it doesn't take a week to set them up. You know, so you gotta keep doing that until something works. And they say an expert is 10 years of studying I heard an expert is making every single mistake. So an expert knows every single mistake in his, in his abilities and his industry, he knows what's going to happen. If you do ABC, you're going to get this ABCD, you're going to get this. He knows the mistake. So what I would look at, if I could go back and help, you know, it really depends on what you're trying to do. Are you trying to be, are you trying to disrupt an industry? Are you trying to be cheap, be expensive? Whatever you're trying to do is gonna base what you should focus on. If you're trying to get to market the fastest you can, you shouldn't be sitting there for three months designing your graphics. I can design a logo and a graphic in like three minutes on Canva and they do great. And then I put them out there. I'll put them on social media and say, what do you guys think? I'll put them on LinkedIn in front of people with PhDs and hundred million dollar businesses and make, I'll embarrass the crap out of myself because I need the feedback. If I go post six posts a week and none of them got likes, none of them got comments, and obviously something's not emotional enough, something's not attachment enough, it's not resonating with the, the community enough, or I'm putting it in front of the wrong people. I'm putting steak in front of vegans, you know, and they're not even going to hate on it. One, they're not going to like on it. Two, they're not even going to, they're going to unfollow it. Three. So you're never, you're never going to become successful alone coach, digital, you're going to need someone. You're going to need someone who I call is the ideal partner. Someone that you can just talk your ideals with. I can just chat. I can ramble. You know, I'm not upset with you. I can yell at you and scream about how upset I'm with the world and the industry, but you know, I'm not yelling at you. You need that one person that you can spitball ideas with someone that keeps kicking the ball back to you. Cause I've, I've wasted years of my life 
talking to people that don't even know I'm kicking a ball to them. They think I'm yelling at them. They think I'm mad. They think I'm crazy. They think I'm upset with myself or that I need counseling. They think I'm, they, they just, they don't hear it. And then I have to step back and say, you know what? I was talking to the wrong person. A, when you talk to a PhD and to a five-year-old, you have to know how to talk to them. And it, if you do the opposites, it's not going to ever work. So no, you cannot learn everything on Google, YouTube, Facebook, courses, classes. I know people have spent three to $5,000 in courses that have no businesses. They've made no revenue. They have no team. Their parents don't even know what they're doing. Their best friends don't even know what they're doing. No one in their town knows them. They've shook, they've shook no hands. This is before COVID per se. You have to get out there and make moves. I've shook one hand. I've told three people. I've put six posts. I'm looking for graphic designers. I admit I suck at SEO. I admit I suck at sales. You, you got to go there first. Do not go online. I've read sales books. I've read psychology books. I've read mental disorder books. I've been, I've read all the books that are the greatest books to read. And I'm still not where I should be after reading these books. So it's, I get to the point now where if you cannot, if you can't figure out what you need to delegate that you're not good at, that's where you have to start. Like I suck at drawing, get a draw, get an artist. Oh, I can't afford one. Find one that'll do free work. Oh, that doesn't exist. Oh, really? How many did you ask? Zero. Then how the F do you know? You know, you got to get out there and know and say, I asked a hundred people this month to do free graphic design and all of them said no. Okay, show me your message you sent. Oh, that's terrible. That's why you got all no's. Did you ever think about changing up your message every 20? So the way we educate ourselves on how we educate ourselves is one of the most important things you can do. If you hate reading, don't read. If you hate writing, don't write. It's not about getting better at what you hate. That's not going to make you a millionaire. If, if you want your dreams, your happiness, or money, you have to figure out what you're good at. You know, Gary Vee admits almost every video I watch of Gary Vaynerchuk, he says, I don't give a crap. I can't fix shit in the house. That doesn't mean I'm not a man because I can't fix the outlet. Call the electrician. That's his job. He signed up for life to fix electrical work. I signed up to life to live my life. And, you know, and, and I'm an amazing handyman and I don't do half the crap I should anymore because I'm worth a hundred to 500 bucks an hour when I'm working for my businesses. So when I change my own oil to save 50 bucks, I wasted an hour of work that I could have made more money on the computer. If I just took my truck to oil can Henry's. So when you, yes, I definitely, I definitely advocate to learn, go on YouTube, go on Google. You should be wearing those things out. You, you are unstoppable. You, you can watch 50 YouTube videos a day. You can type in 100 Google searches a day and not even know. We already do it. People, oh, I don't have time. Well, you just watched 16 Selena Gomez videos. You know, you just, you just typed in Google, my, my tooth hurts. Type in how to start a business. Type in how to start a vegan grocery store. Type in, you know, how to, how to tell your best friend about your dreams. It's all there. Every single thing we want to do has already been done. You know, except like Elon Musk, you got these big dreamers that want to go to Mars because it hasn't been done, mainly because it hasn't been done. There's nothing special about Mars or space, but it hasn't been done. Someone's going to do it. So you have a better chance. If it was me, I would completely act like YouTube and Google don't exist. There's nowhere to go learn. You have to go to people. Go If you want to start a restaurant, find someone in your town that you know that owns a restaurant. 
call your mom, call your dad, call your grandpa, call your brother, call your best friend and just ask them, Hey, do you know any business owners? How, how many people do you think you have to call before you get a yes? Probably two or three. I would say the two or three people you, you can think of right off the top of your head, they know a business owner. Oh yeah, my grandpa was one. Oh yeah, my uncle owned a bowling alley. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And then what do you know? You get a phone call with them. You want to talk to people. Yeah, people on YouTube are helpful, but you don't know. I, I tried YouTube and I didn't. it didn't work for me because people didn't know. No matter how much I told them I made, no matter how much wood chopping I showed them, they didn't know. They couldn't tell that it was real. And as, as real as firewood can get, people can still think you're faking it because that's one of the problems now is the market is so saturated with fake, 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 fake. Green screens and Lamborghinis and and 18 year olds getting millions of bucks on crypto. And, you know, I heard that, I even heard that Ty Lopez was an inflated fake guru, which is hard for me to believe. Um, people like Grant Cardone. And, and that comes back to the 1% of haters. So you, you, you could be, you could be living this, this, this false dream in your head that all these people that you idealize or idolize have been fake. That could be a hater that got to you first. It could be a total lie, but you believed in a liar and now you, they just deflated your dreams. You have to go and find out yourself. You know, my dad, my dad almost every day calls me and says, you sure the fire business is going to do okay? Because he thinks fire is going to like just disappear in one minute, the whole industry. And it's a $7 billion industry in the world, firewood, because 60% of the world cooks, cooks with their wood. America and Australia and, and other countries like that burn wood for heat. Oh, almost like 10 to 12% of the country burns wood for heat. In these other uh, third world countries, they burn wood for food, to cook food with. So there's a huge, way, way bigger consumption rate of firewood outside of the of, of first world countries. So if, and, and it comes down to a team. Uh, you know, that's one thing you never hear is the average millionaire has seven businesses. How many people do you think he has in his team? I mean, a lot of the businesses I worked for have at least almost double digit people running them. If you have a business that's making $500,000 a year with less than 10 people, that's something special. That's either a really high ticket priced item, a furniture store that, you know, you only have to have some kids standing in to sell $7,000 couches. But very rarely is a company doing $500,000 to $2 million a year that doesn't have 10 to 20 employees. Um, it just it just mechanically can't work, you know, unless you're like some coach selling $10,000 courses, courses, which does, you know, that doesn't work either. <laughs> so you've got to find the team, you know, and, and, and one thing that if I was 18, if I was 16 to 30 years old right now, and I have never, ever even thought about business, I would think about who I idolize whether it's an actor, a model, a business owner, parents, family or not. And I would see who do they have? Like Denzel Washington. He's not alone. He has hundreds of people that support him. He has managers. He has agents. He has producers. He has financial assistants, everything. Every single day, he, he doesn't have to think, oh, oh, my finances. Oh, hey, Susan, finance lady. Oh, my health. Oh, hey, health guy. Oh, my acting career. Oh, hey, acting mom, acting coach. He doesn't, he doesn't have to think. He doesn't go on Google and look up acting coaches. He already has them. And that's what you got to do is you got to build the network. People aren't going to give a shit about you if they don't know you. 
you don't shake their hand and they don't trust you. They don't care how rich you are, what you sell. And, and I was told those same things. you got to go shake hands. If, if, if you take the time to go now, COVID's much different. I don't know what COVID's like all over the world, but you can do the same thing digitally now, you know, like we're doing. Um, like we haven't met in person and you're up in Canada. I'm sure someday we will meet in person. That's a goal of mine is to meet the people I actually chat with on online, you know, but you got it. It's, it's almost like it's got to be fun to you to go, okay, what kind of team do I want to make? Do I want to have a diverse, you know, global team? Do I want to have everyone in my state? Do I want to have everyone in my city? You have the opportunity to build whatever you want to build. There's, there's a million people in the world right now waiting for you. That's your pool. You have a million people that are 18 years old to 30 years old that are highly skilled, highly available, and looking for you. And you only need five to 12 of them. And they, won't, they don't need salaries. They don't need you to be a millionaire. They need to see that congruency with your mission. For instance, now I have some graphic designers. I have some SEO. I have some, some Google experts at a, in one message they could help me with a problem. They might not get back to me as fast as I would like, but, but before that, I thought I needed to learn everything. I thought I needed to go to coding school for nine months. I thought I needed to go do all the SEO white hat training on LinkedIn. I thought I needed to go see all the Tony Robbins seminars and, and know how to solve people's divorces in eight minutes. It's all, it's all hype. It's all hype. You need a team. Tony Robbins has a guy that specifically makes his adrenal gland drink every morning perfectly. This drink he makes him. He makes it perfect every morning because Tony Robbins doesn't like to eat food, I guess. And food food slows him down or something. And so he drinks this energy drink thing that's all naturally derived. This guy, I think he gets paid like $60,000 a year. And that's all he does every morning is make this little green tea shot for Tony Robbins. And then he does his workout. So you got to think like that. If I can't make a business that pays people to do what I need to do, it's not going to work. You know, you can't start an excavation company with a shovel and then two shovels and then two guys and three guys. It's got, you got to be able to have the equipment when you need it. And, and, and I run into the same bottleneck with firewood. I don't have the ability to go huge to get all this capital that I need. I have to find the people that I, I need to have backup sawyers that can run chainsaws. I need to have backup splitting technicians. I need to have a backup delivery truck. I need to have somewhere that I can get sales. That's not super expensive, which is like in-person advertising. Um, I literally will walk around my own town with my dog and get in people's way and force them to meet me to shake their hand and tell them I own fire and fury. Do you burn firewood for heat each year? And I get the dumbest looks on faces, but it's fun. That's what I got to start. You have to be able to, now don't get me wrong, there's inventors, there's engineers, there's doctors, there's all these different psychological um, traits that people have that can't get them to a certain part. An engineer is not going to be this like flowerous, amazing, bright, smiling salesman for his own business. Obviously, right there, you're not going to go on YouTube and learn how to be a great salesman. You psychologically are limited to who you are. I've been gifted with the ability, the gift of gab, uh, the, the, the uh, present, presentability, approachable, those things. But, but on the technical side, I'm terrible. I don't know how to use WordPress. 
I don't use WordPress. I don't know how to code. I hate coding. I don't know how to graduate college. I hate graduating college. That's why I dropped out twice. So I need to find those people to do those things. I need to find the college graduates. I need to find the coders. And then once I get my ducks in a row, either I succeed or I fail. And, and the biggest part about that right there is the blame. If you can't right now take blame for every single thing that you want to do and responsibility, like, yeah, it's not my responsibility that some lady in West Virginia can't pay her power bill and I can't fix that, but it's my responsibility that I succeed or fail right now from ground zero. It's not because I hired the wrong intern. It's not because I didn't get a smart enough graphic designer. It's not because I didn't do enough market research. Right now, day, day zero, I take responsibility and I blame myself every day here forth. And that is what gets people to come work for me. That's what gets people to, to ask me, what the heck, why am I different? Why do I actually give a crap? You know, and, and I'm learning as I go, but it's kind of like sports. You don't just go to the first game, you practice. You get ready for the first game. You get told about your competitor. The same thing in business. You don't just jump out there and say, I have firewood for sale. You don't know how much it is. You don't know the species. You don't know how long it burns. You don't know why, why it's priced, what it is priced. You've got to practice. And then your first game, you lose. Most times in sports, unless you're the best of the state or something, you're, you lose. You weren't ready or you, wait, you won because the other team was a little worse. Now, you don't quit freshman year football because you lost the first game. Now, if you look at a freshman in, in, in high school, the first game he lost, the last game of senior year, he won the state title. That four-year trajectory, you have to relate to business. You can, you're not gonna become successful one, two, three years. Most businesses fail before the third year, which the government and the IRS determine the third year is when you should break even. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be profiting in your business by year three. If you do, you're a fucking genius. <laughs> and the people that say I'm wrong, so be it. You know, I'm not a perfect all answer, but, but the thing is, is that when people want to give up because the first day they start their business, it didn't go their way. That's the analogy I give them. Did you play sports or what did you do when you were a kid that you kept doing? You didn't give up. You didn't stop shooting hoops because you missed one shot. You didn't, you didn't. And now the thing is though, is some people did. Some people fell off their bike, never rode a bike again. That scabbed me, ruined them for life. Now, I realize that I can't create who I am over and over. I can't create this tenacity and I can't just make you want to start a business because you failed like I did. I have to, I have to realize and respect the fact that some people are going to fail and want to stay failed. They don't want to start a second or third business. I have to be able to help them there too and say, hey, I get it. I spent 90 days of depression after filling my second business. I don't even know if I went outside. I barely even ate, lost 12 pounds. Didn't even know who the heck I was until I went outside, was blinded by the sun, looking up going, oh my God, I'm still alive. I, I survived filling my second business. Who am I? And people think I was absolutely crazy, including my parents to start my third. Don't you get it now? Hey son, you know, it's like baseball, three strikes, you're out. Uh-uh, not with me. I, I give people seven chances. You can be late seven times in my business if you talk to me. If you're late three times and there's no communication, we're gonna have issues. If you're late seven times and you tell me why, I'll be lenient. But I don't play business like baseball, the whole three strikes you're out thing. And I don't think anyone else should either. I think that if we can communicate 
and connect with people, then your employees won't be late all the time. If you're pushing them, hey, if you're late three times, you're fired, then what's that person gonna do? They're gonna be late three times to get fired. You just put it in their head and, and you get what you say. If you, if you know, I tell people all the time, start a business <clears throat> that you would buy something from. Cody's landscaping, not as cool as like international supply, landscape supply, you know? You get what you build. If you're going to build something local, it's going to be local. If you're going to build something international, it's going to go international. And, and it depends on the name as well. Um, you know, my father wanted to invest in Fire Fury, a good chunk of money, but he wanted to change the name. He didn't like the name. And I told him, no, I said, I have to treat you like an investor. Even though you're my father, your, your investment is this percentage. That doesn't de declare a, a name change in the contract. If you were a third party investor, I would say the same thing. You know, you're not going to give someone a 20, 30% uh, uh, loan on, on your annual revenue, and then they just get to change the name. You know, you would need a big, some big justification there. But what I've realized over time is that it's never going to come out how you want. You can go learn how to code. You can learn how to do SEO. You can do graphic design. You're going to spend seven years or seven months wasting time. However little time you think it's gonna take, well, I can bust it out in nine weeks, you wasted time. Nine hours, you wasted time. You gotta go find the experts. It's kind of like diagnosing yourself on WebMD. You know, when you go to the doctor and you say, well, on Google, they stop you right there. Stop. You know, that person spent six years of their life in college, residency, in hospitals, in surgery rooms, operating rooms, studying real life death and life in stitches and blood and stabbing with needles. They've seen it with their own eyes and had blood sprayed on them. And you're telling them, well, I typed in Google, I have a heart palpitation when really you stubbed your big toe. You know, it's the same thing in business. Once you go on there, how to do SEO, how to get more sales, how to, how to, how to, how to. I've learned more about a sales book from 1997 from a man in Wall Street that sold to the Fortune 100 than any 10 years of studying on Google. From, from one paragraph, the guy completely changed my entire psyche. And because and what can happen is you can give all the same books to the same people and you'll get completely different results. One guy reads a sales book, starts a, starts a church. One guy reads a sales book, starts a toilet paper company. They both read the same sales book. So you have to realize that you're organic to your own journey. You're not going to go down someone else's journey and get the same result. You cannot be someone else. You can go become a pro basketball player like Michael Jordan, but you cannot become Michael Jordan. So it's the same thing as like, don't worry about doing it like someone else did it. Do it like you did it. And, and yes, you're going to want a team. You're going to want to meet a 24-year-old female graphic designer from New York City like what, what value that has, like, wow, she's, she's at a college way, way sooner than I am. She's fresh in the industry. She's worked for three different companies that are way bigger than I've ever could work for. And now she wants to do free graphic design for my business. Wow. Now I have a leg up in the competition when you could have found her in like an hour on the Upwork or LinkedIn. And you spent nine hours, nine weeks, nine months on Google and YouTube. And in that one hour conversation to find her, her graphic design work is like 1 million times better than you ever could do. So, and it goes all around. 
I'm I the only thing I'm good at is making firewood, showing up on time, sharpening my chain, making sure my equipment works. I'm not good at I was so far behind on the, the digital media side of things. I didn't know. I thought I was pretty good at it. I hired a guy to clean up my my Google, my Yahoo and all this stuff. And he found 27 dings on my stuff. Apple Maps. I didn't even know Apple Maps existed on, on iPhones. You got all your other search engines. You got all these meta tags and links and backlinks. And there's a lot of garbage out there. And you need the experts. We, we don't go to the beginner to get surgery. We go to the guy like the one guy in the state that knows how to do that one thing specific. Imagine having that in your life. Per, per area. And I feel like the people that get to these super levels, 20, 50, 100 million, one, you, you need those guys to get you there. Tony Robbins has an incredible story of how he got to where he is. Yeah, he might be a little inflated now. Gary Vee, incredible story to get where he is. Uh, Grant Cardone, incredible story. They don't have like, oh, I've searched on YouTube for a year and learned real estate and now I'm worth 300 million. No, I mean, Grant Cardone has like a thousand employees, a thousand people work for Grant Cardone. And, and these people think they can do it all on their own. It's right in front of us, you know, these models. And I have nothing wrong with, I totally advocate, do it different. Screw all the shit that you learn and all these people that have done the hundred millions, go become a millionaire, a one millionaire and be, make a bigger wave than them. Like how is like, like that's one of my missions is how is Cody McGriff who's worth nothing? How can I make bigger waves than Grant Cardone? Grant Cardone only makes big waves because he has big money. You know, people aren't, aren't godly in love with his compassion, his kindness, his ability to give free shit away. You know, he, he could get free stuff all the way all the time, but, but people, people respect him because they see the trajectory. He's at events. He's got a jet. He's all over the social media. He, he, you can actually backtrack his success. And that's, and that's something I want to do when I'm older is look back and say, I didn't do it all alone. I had help. You know, and a lot of, I'm coaching a lot of young startups right now. Uh, people that didn't even want to start a Facebook page. They're so embarrassed about who they are or who they're, what they're congruent with. They don't even want to start a Facebook page because they're afraid. Well, my mom, my mom's going to think I'm an idiot or my, my, my wife is going to laugh at me if I tell her I want to quit my job. So it, it comes down to like finding aligning yourself with your, your passion and your emotion so that when you do that, no one can get in your way. Yeah. I don't want people to get divorced to follow their dreams, but if they're, if their partner is, is emotionally attached to, to negativity, that might be the case. Sometimes you might need to leave certain things to grow, or you might need certain things to grow. And, and it comes down to, I'm looking at going back to school for psychology because I'm, I'm falling in love with mental, mental health so much that I need to be more educated. I can't do it on YouTube. I can't do it through experience. I don't wanna wait till I'm 45 years old and I have 14 years of experience coaching people to then have some insight on psychology when I could get a lot more in-depth education from college. So I think that I think that it should be like a painting. If someone's sitting here listening to me right now talk about starting a business, 
or starting college or starting this endeavor that they want, one, you can do it. You can start a business and make it successful. The chances are very low, but it's, it's possible. You can start college and graduate. Bachelors, associates, PhD, masters. There already are the teams there. Business has a structure. You file your, you file the entity. You start the website, you market and advertise. We didn't, you're not making up anything. You're just following the system. You don't do college on your own. In fact, you don't even go on the computer alone. A man made the computer, a team made Google, a team made user interface. You're not using anything alone. You're using millions and millions of people just searching on Google. You're using a team. So you got to look back and think like, what am I using to get what I have? The stuff we're using right now, the, a team made this shirt, a team made this house. No one person ever does anything. And if they say so, they're absolutely wrong because you need people to make you who you are. So even me right now, I would say that there's over a hundred people that aren't employed by me that have been my team to get me where I am. You know, even, even to search on Google, it took someone to make me want to search on Google. I didn't, no one just wakes up and starts going crazy searching on Google. It's because we think of something someone said, we think of a business because it's not out there. And, and so we, that drives us to it. So paint that picture, paint that team and then go get it and build it. Wow. That was, you really summed that up very, very well. And honestly, that was very deep. I think you answered almost everyone's question they can possibly ask, you know, you, you just really summed it up. You, you covered all, all angles there that I could think of. And, um, you know, if I could sum it up when it comes, when it comes to getting the right support group or, you know, the right people to work with you when it comes to getting help, I think when you have a dream and, and you go for it and you start moving and you put yourself out there people will start to notice and they will be like, I have something to help that person. And then all of a sudden your resources open up, right? You get resourceful yourself and you know, the, the resources are everywhere. It's just when you, you know, your consciousness opens up to it, you know, when you get moving. So I want to sum this up. Um, If you could just kind of briefly share about, um, one of the biggest obstacles people have is fear when it comes to starting a business, when it comes to, you know, anything, any big thing that requires a, you know, a decision like that, just kind of share with people, um, you know, what you would advise to help them uh, maybe to educate themselves about the fear or help them get through the fear. So it doesn't stop them in their tracks. Well, I just, I just recently read an interesting quote from Einstein that said, he believes, Einstein believes that he read himself crazy. He read too much and acted too little. So I feel like what we do is we sit on our fear too long and we act too little. Now, sometimes there's absolutely nothing that you can do at the moment. That's fine. Just think it over. But if you, you have to act through your fear, you cannot think through your fear. 
it, worrying is telling the mind that it's doing something about the situation and it's not you're just repetitively worrying so as much as it can be go on a walk move your body read a book watch tv call a friend do something about the fear that you face if you don't if it makes you uncomfortable do the opposite if if finding a graphic designer drives you crazy go take your dog on a walk go meet a friend go on a walk get get active and get recipro you have to find reciprocity between fear and action you're never going to obviously start a business without acting and starting something causes you to have the fear uh, it's it's either the fear of failure or the fear of unknown and so for instance what i do and i'm afraid um, I put thousands of pounds of weight in my firewood truck each day. I have a fear that it's going to break. Something's going to break in my truck. So what do I do to prevent that fear is I have a little bit of money saved to, to fix the brakes. And I have a hell of a lot of hope and faith. <laughs> it all starts with hope and faith. We all hope our body's going to perform. We're all, we all hope we're going to breathe without having to tell our body we all hope we're going to wake up tomorrow because we just wake up every morning and there's no secret recipe to get over fear. Like I was saying earlier, everyone is on an organic journey. That's where you have to figure out what it is. You might think, um, you know, drinking extra water, being extra hydrated helps you deal with your fear as dumb as that sounds. You don't know because you haven't tried it. You haven't, you haven't correlated the idea that Supreme Health might make me a little less fearful or having my, my mother and father know who I really am and who my dreams really are almost completely eradicates my fear. Now, I almost used to think you could eradicate fear, but are you always happy? Are you always sad? Are you always emotional? No. You don't even know what you were an hour ago. Were you upset? Were you happy? Were you hungry? You know, what, what's your, what's your great, great, great grandpa do for work? Most of us don't know like a hundred years ago, let alone what you have for lunch last Tuesday. So you don't know what your fears were. You don't know what they're going to be. You only know what they are now. And so right then in that moment, when you're like, Oh, I'm so afraid that I'm going to lose money or God, if I started a business, I'd be such an idiot. Well, listen, listen to that voice. Okay. Why? Why, why do I think I'm such an idiot if I start a business? Obviously, people that start businesses aren't idiots. And then you go back from that. Okay, well, how do I become a non-idiot business owner? Okay, I'm going to do these things. And, and it comes down to turning, like my Facebook group, fuel to fear, fear to fuel. How do I turn my fear that I'm facing right now? Like I'm, I'm trembling, shaking of anxiety, let's say. How do I turn that into fuel? How do I directly correlate that to fuel my business idea, my college idea, my, my, how do I turn that into fuel this conversation? So like you're shaking at your desk because you want to, you, you have this idea or, or you're anxious or you're nervous and you just want to call a friend and vent to them, but you think they're going to freak out or you call you stupid. Well, you got to get through that. You have to get the feedback. Okay. I called Susan. She yelled at me and said I was stupid, not calling Susan anymore. Until, until she realizes that I'm, I'm serious. And it took me 14 months to be, taken, to, to, to be looked at as a consultant for people that are over twice my age to help them start a business. 
And it wasn't because of my, I don't have PhDs. I'm not a certified consultant. I'm not a business major. They saw that I don't stop. Cody doesn't stop. He's always go, go, go. He's always dreams. He's always progress. He's always here to help you. He's always learning. I'm always reading books about helping people or psychology or business or math or space. I want to know. I have a, I have a natural drive of curiosity, but what I've learned is like, you have to build a staircase. A staircase goes up or down. It's always going to do that. Where you go is how you go in life. If you walk up a staircase, you go up in life. You walk down a staircase, you go down in life. Now it's all perception. You might be happy on this first step, or you might never be happy on the very top. That staircase never ends like numbers and business and life. It never ends. So you have to take these things like, oh, well, I'm too anxious of a person to start a business. Turn that into fuel. That's one step. Okay, I'm too, I'm too uneducated. I'm too stupid to start a business. That's another step. But you got to build these steps out of your insecurities, out of your uneducatedness, out of the, the emotions you don't know. Like I never thought that losing a business would make me emotional. Like I, I was a crybaby as a kid. I was the baby, you know, I was the brother, the young one that cried to get what he wanted or yelled or screamed or threw a tantrum. So I thought failing a business was going to hurt, but it, it made me cry. It shocked my soul. I, I ripped off a part of my own last name off of something I created. It was hard, you know? And so people ask me, how do you keep going when you get hated on? Or laughed at. They know people see it in my own hometown. They see my Facebook and they see the hate. And I say, you know what? When that person walks up to me and they hate on me or they say something I can't get over or this fear I can't get rid of, I rise above. I automatically am above. So when they look back, I'm up here now. You're at my level. You gave me crap. I, it pushed me up. It didn't push me down. Now, if it does push you down, there are things out there that can help you. There's, there's coaches, there's family, there's friends, your family, non-blood, I call it the family that, that's waiting for you. It's there. The people are there. Someone last night just said this, that same thing. I feel like I have no support. And I said, you haven't found your family yet. They said, yeah, I have my mom and brothers and sisters. I said, no, your real family. That's your blood. That, that you don't get to change. Your real family is the people that call you and say, hey, how are you doing? How's your coaching business? How's your, how's your plumbing business? Oh, you didn't start it. Didn't you say you want to start it six months ago? Oh, you did start it three months ago, but it's not doing very well. You're having a hard time finding employees. How can I help you? And then, and then you can just say, well, do you want to just talk about it? And they might blow up on the phone for three hours or they might want to go get coffee or in these kind of things. So converting fear, which I believe is an emotion, you, you go through fear, you, you get scared and you go through it and your hair stands up in your back from some video you watched or a, you saw a bear in the wild. You get that fear. It always goes away. That's because our bodies are naturally wired to delete fear. We fear doesn't fear doesn't drive you to eat. You're not like, I'm going to die if I don't eat. You cannot eat for seven days. You cannot drink water for 30 days or it's like no food for 30, no water for seven. Okay. If I just sit here, I'll live. I have no fear to die of, of, of malnourishment. So you have to start checking these things off. And if you, if you can't check something off, that's because you haven't done it. 
and it's not a, it's not a phobia it's not like i'm afraid of i i have a fear of lettuce so go swim in a pool of lettuce it's not like that it's about you have to do it to say okay i had this fear and i reached out to someone that didn't help i don't feel better talking about it i feel better writing about it okay write it out i don't like that i like talking to myself about it i don't like that you have to find an outlet you have to find an outlet to take that fear because it's it's so easy to go to get over the fear of a loud sound or the fear of a wild animal or the fear of like someone trying to attack you you get over those things but the fear of starting a business or the fear of failure or the fear of judgment those aren't de defined things the fear of judgment it's like okay from a baby boomer to an eight-year-old from an old lady to a to an uh, an African American, much different judgment. The diversity of judgment. I call that feedback. You have to go take your fear and get feedback, and and learn about yourself. You you be really we really don't know who we are until we're a lot older. I feel like in life, and then you when you say well, you know Brendan, are you happy? You say yes. I ask you how. You're like, shit. I've never been asked that. Put me on the spot. So I do that same thing with myself all the time. Am I afraid of feeling? Well, not really. I'm more afraid of feeling and not being able to start again. Okay, well, if I fail when I start again, then I'm afraid that I'm going to fail three times and be a triple strike, you're out failure. So what can I do? You got to keep adding those, those skills. And that, and that comes back to a team. You don't need a, your graphic designer that you pay a hundred bucks an hour twice a week. She might be the worst person to help you get over your fears, but you don't know that until you call her and say, hey, Tracy, I know, I know you're my graphic designer in India, but I just wanted to talk to you. Like, I'm really, I'm really stressed about this project, blah, 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 blah. She goes, oh, I know my, my uncle-in-law is a project manager for big corporations. He, he would probably be able to talk to you and help you with your stress. What do you know? One phone call in five minutes, I got a professional to help me give me some advice versus Google, YouTube, or, or drinking alcohol, doing drugs, or say, fuck it all, I'm not even gonna do the business, not for me, you know? So don't be afraid to reach out. It's so hard, like you're, you're, you have fear, well then don't have fear to reach out, but like you have to do some kind of action. And it, it'll get to the point where you're afraid of something you've, you've read enough. Okay, I've read enough books about business. I'm not afraid about business anymore. Okay, I've read enough books about psychology. I'm not afraid of psychology. Okay, I've talked to enough people about my dreams. I'm not afraid to talk about my dreams. And then soon you'll start, that builds up to who you become. Like this Cody you're listening to is 15 months. I've been doing this for 15 months and I have made absolutely zero money because I needed to do it for 15 months to become payable. Now I'm affordable. Now I know what to charge. Now I have the ability to go out there and not embarrass myself with absolutely no fear to go to the market and say, hey, this is how much I am per hour. And not have to wait three years to wonder why no one's paying me. You know, and, and that right there is like, that takes time. You got to give yourself a little bit of time. At least I tell people at least three to nine months. You know, it takes 12 months for the average millennial to save one month of income. So if I, if it takes me 12 months to save $2,000 on a $2,000 a month income, why should I expect to just like get over my fear in three weeks? There's just no way you got to look at it like a savings account. You got to look at it like, okay, 
if it takes me 12 months to save $2,000 and I'm going to give myself 12 months to save 2000 fear points. And this is how I'm going to measure those. Each book is five. Each handshake is five. Each phone call is 10. Each podcast is 30. And you slowly build up these things. I love when I watch videos about introverts, inventors. And I thought I had a problem with public speaking stuff. And these people never show their face and they're millionaires. And we never know their names because they're inventors and they're introverts and they don't go out. They don't have social media, but they made some biomechanical process that made them $20 million. And I somehow dig them out of, out of the internet. And I love when I hear that they have these problems that like 20 years ago, if they could have just went to one event, it would have happened way sooner. But the fact that they were who they were, now you, you have to be, you almost have to be uncomfortable and comfortable in your own skin. You're not going to get anywhere if you're comfortable. You have to be a little uncomfortable. If you're uncomfortable and it's bugging you, it's meant for you. Go, go fix it. You know, if you if you're having a hard time talking to people or relating, figure out that. Master that first. Don't just jump ship and go to graphic design because you're bad at talking to people. Many many founders tell I, that I study say they would much rather take a technical person and make them a salesman then take a salesman and make them technical. So don't worry about getting technical. You can learn people later. And, and it, it really comes down to reaching out. The very first step is with you. You're, you're with yourself the most. And I've lost friends and family members and stuff by over talking, always talking business, always talking numbers, always talking dreams. Sometimes people just want to talk about their life and then they'll, and then they'll talk about the things you want to talk about. So you got to be able to talk about it yourself in your own head that I'm okay with this. I'm comfortable to call people. I'm comfortable with myself. I can do this. Give yourself that coach hype and then say it out loud. If you're, if you're so embarrassed to, to say a Facebook post to the world, say it out loud. Does it sound dumb? No. Okay. Probably won't be then, you know, so if, if you can't say it out loud to yourself, it'd be pretty hard to put it out in the world confidently, you know, and then you can hear it. You think, Oh, that sounded kind of dumb. I'm glad I didn't put that out there. That sounded kind of weird. Okay. That made me sound uneducated. You keep saying these things and you go, okay. And then when you put it out there, you get zero likes. What do you know? It still needs to evolve. So whatever excuse you come up with, you can evolve it. Whatever fear you have, you can turn it into fuel. There's no emotion that we cannot convert. I feel like that's the next step in human evolution is the fact that we can control, adjust, and evolve our emotions. Take that anger and instead of punching a wall, punch a phone number, call someone. You know, I'm not a psychiatrist. I can't say these are the things you should do that work, but it's going to be much better long-term to create a system of thought to action. If you're sitting there and you have 10 thoughts, I should start a donut shop. I should work out more. I should eat an apple. I should be nicer to people. Then go act, go do one. Just go outside and be nice to someone or go drive to the store and buy a bag of apples. Don't go grocery shopping and buy $400 of groceries do what your mind says to do in that moment and then just keep building that one brick at a time it's much better to build a brick wall one brick at a time like will smith says build each brick perfectly 
back versus build a wall in one day and you wonder why it falls over. You don't want to get there in the end and go, I wonder why that failed. You want to know. It probably failed because I didn't study enough. It probably failed because I didn't reach out to enough people. It probably failed because I didn't learn how to convert my emotions into action. Or I didn't learn how to convert my actions into emotion. It, it, it's it's reciprocated there. So it, it's it's not impossible. There's no impossibility. No matter how I'm studying cognitive problems with how our minds are made. I'm studying psychology problems. I'm studying meaning in life problems. There's no roadblock for you. There's water. We are water. Humans are water. There is always a place for us to go. And if not, look at the Grand Canyon. One drop at a time carved that Grand Canyon. You've got to do the same thing with you. There is a place for you to go. There's always acceptance. There's no excuse for you to stop and do nothing. Wow. Wow. Cody, I, I learned a little lesson about fear myself there because fear is one of those prom most prominent subjects that I've yeah. had to deal with my entire life. I remember growing up as a kid, how I used to face my fears, like whether it be, you know, trying a new trick off a jump on my snowboard and, you know, like, yeah, you just the uh, going up to a girl to talk to her. Like it just, right. it just goes so deep in, into my, you know, just I'm right there with you. the feeling of doing something that you fear is just, it's amazing, especially even if you just try it without attachment to the outcome. But the fact that you just tried it, it, it just frees yourself. And what I really got from you is the idea is not to eliminate fear totally. Um, fear will not go away. It's, it's a part of us and right. it's, it's a, it's, it's a feedback mechanism and it's meant there to teach us something. And you're saying, how do I use this fear to fuel myself and, and take action on it? Right. And that's what I really liked hearing is take this emotion of fear that, you know, you feel and go do something with it. Find right. your outlet. It could be to talk to someone. It could be to go for a walk, a run, right? You know, whatever it is. And, and you find that it's, it's very good. But, you know, when you do something with your fear, you, you start to learn to master your fears instead of, you know, having it master you and control your life. So, um, Cody, this has been an incredible episode and great to have the time of you know, spent, um, we're, we're going on two hours here. Time no, I, and, um, but really, um, this has been great information. Um, just like to ask, um, if people wanted to reach out with you, uh, reach out to you, find out more about you, follow you, um, on social media, um, where can they find you? Uh, I'm mainly on Facebook, Facebook and LinkedIn, Cody McGriff. Uh, Cody's Consulting, Cody Cares Project, and the Fear to Fuel, Overcoming Fear in Life and Business group. Um, yeah, Firewood Fury. LinkedIn is obviously very rudimentary to, to chat. Their messenger and, and their, their platform is very too professional, like I would say. But Facebook is number one. I'm on Instagram and YouTube, but those, those are definitely old platforms. 
I've, I've chosen Facebook as my number one platform. Uh, it has, you know, a good messaging system, video chat. You can see all my businesses there. Um, that's mainly where I like to talk, mainly because I talk to a lot of people around the world. So Facebook Messenger is number one. I'm available. I'm not super crazy busy. I'm not hundreds of dollars an hour. I'm ready to talk to people and to spread the awareness that, that I care. And I want to see people actually taking action and, and coming back with the feedback. So yeah, Cody McGriff on Facebook, Cody's Consulting and the Cody Cares Project are all on Facebook. Amazing. Great, Cody. Um, yes, this has been a great episode and uh, we'll, we'll have to do another one in the future. And uh, your neck of the woods, I know you're three hours behind me. It looks like the sun is just coming out of your, your uh, peeking yeah. through the window there. And um, I got to go grab lunch uh, okay. in an hour's time here myself with the family. So um, get on with my day. But this has been such an enjoyable time shared. And I know sure the audience got a lot of value. So yeah. anyways, take care, uh, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, thank you, Cody, for joining. Let's get out and learn to overcome our fears and know that you're not alone. Um, we're all doing this together. And uh, when you reach out, you know, there's nothing to fear when you have, you know, people with you and that challenge and support you through the, through the steps. Use your fear as your fuel so you can master yourself and master any area of your life. This is Brennan from Limitless Level.